0: Hello everyone, in this episode I'm going to go through a synopsis of Shakespeare's King Lear for your reference Okay, hello everyone, Um, this is a nice short episode I'm just going to go through the synopsis, uh, so the storyline, the plot of King Lear um, just as a point of reference, uh, just for you to return to, because you do need to be really familiar with the events uh, and the happenings, and it can get quite complex with the subplot as well. So, the version of um, the synopsis that I'm using is from the Hodder Revision Guide, but uh, I think it's pretty much exactly the same as the Philip Allen Literature Guide as well. I'm assuming they're produced by the same people. Um, So if you want to kind of have a written version of this, then you can find it in those guides, um, which you can get really cheaply uh, secondhand online. Okay. All right. So the earls of Gloucester and Kent enter accompanied by Gloucester's illegitimate son, Edmund. Gloucester informs Kent that the whore son, Edmund, must be acknowledged as his. Then 80 year old King Lear divides Britain into three parts, each to be governed by one of his daughters. Goneril and Regan, who are married to the Dukes of Albany and Cornwall, respectively, and Cordelia, who is being courted by both the Duke of Burgundy and the King of France. Leah, worn out, feels that the responsibilities of ruling should be passed on to younger shoulders, but arranges to retain 100 knights as companions. Before he divides his kingdom, however, Leah asks each of his daughters how much she loves him. As Gonor and Regan try to outdo each other in exaggerated terms, Cordelia grows anxious. Her nature is not given to making speeches about her deepest feelings. When her turn comes, Cordelia tells Leah that she loves him as a daughter, according to my bond. But when she marries, she will, of course, love her husband too. Her honest reply angers Leah, who disowns her, and splits his kingdom into two rather than three parts. Kent, understanding Cordelia's deep love for her father and the true natures of Goneril and Regan, tries to dissuade Lear from his hideous rashness, but succeeds only in making Lear so furious that he himself is banished. When Burgundy hears that Cordelia no longer has a dowry, he refuses to marry her. The King of France, however, who loves Cordelia for herself, takes her to be his queen. All of that happens, by the way, in Act 1, Scene 1. So um, you can see how important Act 1 Scene 1 is in terms of setting everything up, but also just how much happens. So really understanding, getting your head around Act 1 Scene 1 is key um, to understanding this play as a whole. Moving on to Act 1 Scene 2. In Soliloquy, Edmund reveals that he does not intend to follow the plague of custom by remaining an inferior and base bastard all his life, but will dispose of his legitimate brother Edgar and seize his father's title for himself. Edmund then convinces Gloucester by means of a forged letter that Edgar is plotting to kill him to inherit all. Pretending loyalty to his brother, Edmund persuades Edgar to flee. When Edgar cannot be found, Gloucester declares him an outlaw and arranges for Edmund to inherit in Edgar's place. At Goneril's castle, Leah's behaviour is annoying his daughter. Goneril instructs her steward Oswald to start trouble with King Lear's knights so that she may pick a quarrel with her father. Meanwhile, Kent disguises himself as a serving man, Caius, and attaches himself to Leah's retinue in the hope of protecting the king from the consequences of his folly. Goneril and Leah quarrel bitterly over the the conduct of his retainers and she deprives him of half of them by refusing to pay for their maintenance. Furious, Leah curses her and leaves her with his remaining men to stay with Regan. Goneril sends a message to her sister, telling her of the quarrel. Regan and Cornwall, keen to avoid Leah's visit, hurriedly leave their castle and ride to Gloucester's. Kent, as Caius, is sent to Gloucester's castle to prepare the way for Leah's retinue. Kent encounters Oswald and launches a vitriolic tirade against him. When Cornwall and Regan arrive, he continues his diatribe, and so is put in the stocks. When Leah arrives to find Caius in the stocks, he refuses to believe Regan could be responsible. An argument between Leah and Regan is interrupted by the arrival of Goneril in Albany. Regan greets her sister warmly and agrees with Goneril that Leah should reduce the number of his retainers. Leah is shocked and hurt to find the sisters united against him. Regan claims he needs no followers at all. Anguished by his daughter's ingratitude, Leah regrets his treatment of Cordelia. Followed only by the faithful fool in Kent, he exits into a raging storm. Regan and Cornwall bolt the doors behind them. Dazed by the power of the storm and tormented by his daughter's cruelty, Leah's mind breaks. Kent and the fool lead him to a hovel, only to find it already occupied by Edgar, disguised as mad Bedlamite, poor Tom, to escape the hunt. News of Leah's plight reaches Gloucester, who has secretly determined to help him and who has also learned that Cordelia and France have landed at Dover with an army to reinstate Leah as king. Gloucester confides this news to Edmund, who promptly betrays him to Cornwall and Regan. Gloucester is blinded by Cornwall and Regan, but as Cornwall is inflicting this torture, a servant intervenes, wounding Cornwall. Regan stabs the servant in the back, killing him, but Cornwall is mortally wounded, leaving Regan a widow. Learning of Cordelia's arrival, Kent leads the mad Leah to the French camp at Dover. Meanwhile, Edgar finds his blinded father wandering over the desolate countryside. Still pretending to be port-on, he leads his father to the Dover cliffs, from which the suicidal Gloucester wants to jump. But Edgar tricks him about where the cliff edge is, and so saves his life. Goneril, contemptuous of Albany's pity for Leah, plots to have her husband killed and to marry Edmund, as soon as they have defeated the French army. Meanwhile, under Cordelia's care, Leah gradually recovers his senses. Urgent matters unexpectedly cause the King of France to return home, leaving his army under the command of Marshal Lafar. Just before the battle, Oswald encounters Gloucester and tries to kill him, but Edgar, now, pretend- now pretending to be a countryman, intervenes. He kills Oswald, who, just before he dies, reveals he is carrying letters for Edmund. Lots of letters in this play, by the way. Edgar reads of Goneril's and Edmund's love affair and of their conspiracy to murder Albany. Now disguised as a man-at-arms, Edgar gives the intercepted letter to Albany, warning him of Goneril's treachery. Edgar tells Albany that if he wins the battle, he must sound a trumpet and a champion will appear, who will prove that what is alleged in the letter is true. Albany resolves to punish both Edmund and Goneril after the battle, stating his intention to restore Lear to the throne. The French army is vanquished and Leah and Cordelia fall into Edmund's hands. He sends them to prison with a secret order that they are to be murdered. Cordelia's death is to be made to look like suicide. Regan announces her engagement to Edmund, who it seems has pledged his love to both sisters. Albany accuses Edmund and Goneril of treason, saying that if no one answers the trumpet, he will fight Edmund. Regan, ill and in pain, is led to Albany's tent. Edgar, still disguised, answers the trumpet and defeats Edmund in trial by combat. Albany learns that Edgar has been helping Gloucester, who, once he realised that his assistant was his own son, was overwhelmed by the passions of joy and grief, and his heart burst, causing his death. Goneril, seeing Edmund's condition, exits agitatedly, and Albany orders that someone follow her. With his last breath, Edmund sends a messenger to stop the murders of Cordelia and Lear, Shortly afterwards, the bodies of Goneril and Regan are brought in. We learn that Goneril poisoned Regan to remove her as a rival for Edmund's love and then stabbed herself when her crimes were discovered. Leah carries in Cordelia's corpse. Edmund's message was too late. Leah, again mad and broken by grief, dies. In his madness, however, he seems to believe that he sees Cordelia breathe and come back to life. Thus, it could be said that Leah dies happily. Albany arranges for Edgar and Kent to rule the god state of Britain. Kent claims that his dead master is calling him and that he will not live long. The remaining characters leave the stage to the sound of a dead march. That's the synopsis of King Lear. We'll start looking at the scenes in a bit more detail in our next episode. See you in the next one. used in this and in all of the podcasts we produce is by Ixen. This particular track is called Among the Stars. You can find more of his music on SoundCloud.